And good afternoon and welcome to the Women's Show. I'm Deb Anderson here with you until 2 o'clock with the finest in music performed by women. And we just listened to a wonderful trio, brand new album just came out. It's the Margaret Slovak Trio. And the album is called Ballad for Brad. And that was the last song we listened to. And Margaret Slovak, guitarist, composer, and painter, uh, started out with 33 uh, from that album and ended with the Ballad for Brad. And all the way from Austin, Texas, uh, Margaret, are you there? I am here, Deb. Thank you so much. Good afternoon. Well, good afternoon. What a beautifully mesmerizing album you put out with the Ballad for Brad. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate it. Well, it's very soothing. It's uh, Immediately, I felt very comforted by it. And, um, you know, you have such a fantastic trio, uh, uh, two other musicians that you're working with, uh, one of which I'm very familiar with, Harvey S., who was uh, Sheila Jordan's bass player back in the day. And, and then, still is, actually. He's still doing gigs with her, and she's 93 now. <laughs> are you kidding me? Yeah, they're still doing gigs in New York and other places. How it's great amazing. is that? Well, yeah, he, yeah he, he's amazing. Harvey's amazing. She was amazing. Michael Serene's amazing. I'm so um, honored to be able to play with these guys. Yeah, Michael Serene, he's got such a delicate touch. Uh, uh, so light with what he does and, and so thoughtful a lot of spaces there that you're able to all work together in such a tight unit it's not oh like, thank you well that i think that is really what makes this whole album uh ballad for brad just it just kind of flows from the the title title track right to the ending and maybe you can talk a little bit about um why i mean this is your fourth album uh and you haven't always worked with a trio, or these, well, maybe you have worked with a couple of these people before. Yeah, I have another, well, actually, Michael Serene, I've known since um, my college days. I went to music school at a place in Seattle, Washington, called the Cornish College of the Arts. Uh-huh. And Michael played in my band there. He was on my senior recital. <laughs> mm. And um, I moved to New York the first time in 1989, and Michael moved shortly after that. And so I played with him in many of my different groups in New York from probably 1990 through 1994. Um, so yeah, I have a long history and I also recorded a quartet CD that Michael played on um, in 1989. It was my first CD recorded in 1989, but didn't, I didn't release it until 2007, but it's, it was a quartet with the great Fred Hirsch on piano and the wonderful Michael Fornick on bass and then Michael on drums. So I really been playing with Michael for gosh, Almost 36 years. Oh, yeah. yeah, well, no wonder he yeah. has such a telepathic uh, uh, rapport with the well, drummer. he's such an amazing... I'm sorry. <laughs> no, he, he, he is an amazing uh, uh, drummer. Yeah, he, he, um, there's a little time lag with the cell phone, I think, so I apologize for talking over you. Um, he also has, you know, he studied classical percussion in college, and so he has this whole broad mm. palette, you know, from, you know, really, you know, kicking jazz drums to, you know, everything in between, and he just, he hears things so orchestrally when he plays. And um, and Harvey, I mean, I, I don't know even know how to start talking about Harvey. Mm. He's an amazing player, musician, mentor, mensch, friend, I and mean, both of these guys were just you know, it's just an honor to get to play with them. 
Yeah, well, Harvey has played with just so many people. But you mentioned palette. Now, that's not, I mean, that does make some sense since not only you're a guitarist, composer, you're also a painter. And you've done all your album covers. Yeah, yeah, thank you. It's kind of a, you know, it's hard. When I was in high school, I was into music and art equally. And mm. after I, my senior year in high school, I got a scholarship to attend art school at Kansas City Art Institute. And I went there for a year, and I was also going to the University of Missouri Conservatory of Music across the street at the same time. And it was just so hard to do both justice, the art world and mm-hmm. the music world. So after that year, I decided to um, leave art school and go to music school. And that's what I did. I went to, it's a long story how I ended up there, but I mm-hmm. went to uh, Cornish. And I didn't paint for about two or three years when I was in my first couple of years of music school after leaving the year of art school. And I missed it so much. Um, and I realized at a certain point that when I wrote music and played music, I was I would always see images and shapes mm. and colors. And so I started to, I think in my junior year in music school in Seattle, I started to paint and compose at the same time where I would oh. literally have a canvas in my little studio apartment and I would have the paints and I'd have the guitar on my neck with a you know strap and I'd have my music stand with the music paper and I would just literally paint, compose, paint, compose. And so I would come up with paintings that actually went with each piece of music. Oh, wow. And um, for a while I would did big concerts where I'd have all these paintings on stage. And oh, wow. <laughs> got kind of crazy, but it's been a little hard, you know, to really have enough time for the artwork because music... You know, it takes so much time, too, just to practice and compose and do all the PR and the gigs and everything. But but pain is really, um, I don't consider myself a painter, really, or a professional painter or an expert painter. It's just something I do to kind of express the visual part of the music. Um, and they kind of go hand in hand. It, it, it just helps me to realize the music in some ways, you know. And so it's, and it's you know, I do end up putting my crazy paintings on my album covers, which is one way to get the artwork out there, I guess. <laughs> well, I, I'm looking at the album cover, and it's really, it's, it's, it's such a visual imagery of, really, of your music. It's this woman, and she's kind of letting this bird go into the sun, and it's all these muted but beautiful colors. And I'm not, what, what kind of medium do you use? Is it pen, or is it... Well, that paint actually is an acrylic. Acrylic, um, right. A lot of my work is acrylic. I think there are a couple other things in the in the CD that are drawings and pen and ink and, and pencil. But that the cover is actually, uh, yeah, acrylic paint. Mm. And it's got a lot of layers, um, mm. you know, layers and layers and layers of paint. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a very slow painter. I'm also a very slow composer. <laughs> <laughs> that painting took me a couple of years to do, actually. Uh. I would... I would think it would be done, and then like a month later, I'd go and you know put more color over here and more things over there. And I <laughs> I tend to paint a lot with little you know kind of um, dots and dashes yeah. of color that mm-hmm. are very small that kind of layer into a textural thing to make up part of the image. And so just that was just an ongoing thing. At a certain point, I just I had to just like finish it. I remember the day that I was I had an appointment to take it to the you know the place to have it digitally photographed so I could have it put on the album and I up until an hour before I was taking it to have it photographed I was still adding color to it <laughs> is that right and I was like you gotta stop <laughs> stop painting <laughs> you know? so, 
That's funny. Oh. There is a lot going on in that painting. And, and you know, there are people that do, um, and you apparently are one of those people who visualize music in forms and colors and shapes. Um, and that, that, and that, you know, you're able to, you know, transpose that and, and do the drawings that, are what you see with with your music. Um, you're, you like visual music, um, and then your uh, your paintings are very musical. So it's such a great combination of you know how your how your particular brain works and <laughs> puts the, those two artistic art forms together. And um, oh, thank you. Well. I'm fairly visual myself. I do a lot of photography, and I love music, oh, and I, I can understand why those can go together so well. Um, yeah. Though, though I, I wish I had was able to perceive music through colors and shapes and objects. But uh, I, there's a name for it, actually. That, that people would Genesthesia, do that. Yeah. Um, synesthesia，but not as much as。Oh yeah，that's it。Yeah，synesthesia，but not as much as。Oh yeah，that's it。Yeah，synesthesia，but not as much as。Oh yeah，that's it。Yeah，synesthesia，but not as much as。Oh y
you know, from my wrist to my shoulder in eighth bandages, just trying to mm. figure out a way to, to play those last straps, you know. Oh but anyway, so fast forward to 2008, I moved to New York thinking that two surgeries are going to cure everything. I'm going to be great. And I get there and it gets worse. Mm. And um, mm. I found an amazing doctor at NYU, Dr. Steve K. Lee, and he did a series of six surgeries on me between 2009 and 2014. Um, to my my hand, my arm, my elbow, and finally the, the big one was on the uh, nerves under my brachial plexus in 2014. And it still took another six years or so for the nerves to regenerate. Um, so from about 2003 on when I had the accident, I had adapted from being primarily a fingerstyle jazz guitarist I did some pick playing to playing only with a pick mm. and it was even hard for me to hold a pick so I started to use these picks made by this wonderful gentleman in California that called them strum and comfort picks where they're picks that are in a little spandex sleeve and it fits over your thumb so it mm. holds it the way you normally would hold it it has flexibility but it you don't have to grip it and I had so little strength and my muscles were just nothing the nerves weren't working the muscles weren't working so I just kind of relearned the way to play just using the muscles of my arm, using the pick in my hand. And I did that for many years and I kind of, mm. I stopped recording, I stopped playing in public a lot and I focused more on playing in um, hospice and hospitals and elder care centers, which I loved, which was great and it kept me playing. And I mm -hmm. still do some of that playing, it's something I'll never stop doing. But finally in about 2020, um, 2019, 2020, I started to get better and I thought, maybe I can finally try to record again. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm sorry, this is still a long story. <laughs> Getting to the, to the point of the actual Well, it's, it's so, an amazing story that, I mean, you're a guitarist. I mean, you need your hand to play. Yeah, it was really, it was, it was pretty hard. And I just, I had to come up with all these other adaptations of ways to hold it. I couldn't use a strap anymore. I couldn't mm -hmm. stand with it anymore. I had like these booster things. And I built pads for my arm, which I still use. Because the nerve, you know, it's, the nerves are in a different place in my arm, and they, if it sits on the guitar edge, it cuts that off. And so I have all these weird things I still use. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, oh boy, so I was back in New York, and you know, going through these surgeries. And then in 2009, I came to Texas to attend a family reunion of my father's family up in North Texas. Um, and I had a friend living in Austin who's a great jazz vocalist, Susie Stern, who now lives with her husband in Lenox, Massachusetts. Oh. Um, and she said, you know, why don't you come down here and do a house concert at my house? And I was like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. You know, I haven't been playing that much publicly. I'm still recovering from surgeries. I'd only had three surgeries at that point, I think. And so I went ahead and did it, and I was really nervous. And I came and did the concert, and when I came out in the they had their set up their house, this lovely living room with all the chairs. I was just, I was so nervous, you know, and, mm. and I looked down and I saw these feet and I attached these really long legs <laughs> and they were sitting right up, they're attached to this man sitting right up in the front <laughs> and uh, went up to this, you know, lovely face with these lovely blue eyes and he had his hand over his heart. He was just listening to the music. And I later found out that he was a little bit late to the show right before it started. That was the only seat left. That was why he sat up front. But uh -huh. that was Brad. And and we oh. met it, it when I did that performance. And there was something about the way he sat and listened and he got the emotional content of my music. It, it calmed me down where I was able to do the performance. Hmm. 
and and not be as nervous. And we talked after the show. We connected. You know, he bought a CD. I gave him one. We, you know, we emailed for several months, and then he came to New York in February of 2010 to do an interview with the great journalist Bill Moyers. And um, I had just had my fourth surgery at that point, one on my big elbow, on my elbow and my nerves. And I had this giant cast and there was this big snowstorm. And it's a long story, but our <laughs> first date was actually at the Blue Note Jazz Club in New York. Oh, wow. Hearing, Bill, yeah, hearing the Bill Frizzell Trio with wow. Paul Motion and Ron me? Carter. Wow. It was, great. And it, was <laughs> it was like this blizzard and I had you know, taken the train. And I, I couldn't even get a coat on because of the cast and the phone thing. So I had to borrow this Scottish cape from this friend of mine. And, you know, I was still a little loopy from the pain medications. The surgery just didn't happen like a week before. And so that was our first date at Blue Note. And um, we really connected. That's so perfect. Yeah, it was was just, it was really amazing. And um, he was so sweet and supportive. And, you know, we saw each other a few more times when he was, in still in New York doing that interview, and then he went back to Austin. I, you know, I was still living in New York, and his mother got sick. I we didn't really get a chance to see each other for over a year until in um, late 2010, he was um, diagnosed with a very aggressive um, form of prostate cancer, not like the slow-growing one that older men get. But he was fairly young at that time, mm. and it required specialized surgery. So or treatment and surgery and um, so he um, being a journalist he's a wonderful writer and journalist he did a lot of research and he ended up going to see different doctors in different parts of the country to find the best treatment and he ended up coming to New York to do a consult with Dr. Richard Stock at uh, Mount Sinai and I met him at the consult that day I went to a consult with him and I just had, I think, my fifth surgery, so I had another cast on. <laughs> and there was another blizzard. Mm-hmm. But, so that's the day that we we um, say that we actually became a couple. It was January 21st, um, 2011. And so he ended up doing treatment in New York for nine months. And he stayed with me in my little studio apartment and went through his treatment. It was really hard. And then after his treatment, um, about, I guess, eight months after his treatment ended, and he had come back to Austin. I moved to Austin then in May of 2012. I didn't tell that very well. It probably went off on a few many tangents, but I, I wanted to correct one thing I said when Brad um, had his treatment. The surgery he had was a, a brachytherapy procedure. It wasn't an actual surgery, but he had radiation, um, hormone treatment, and mm. brachytherapy. But anyway, okay. so that's, it's kind of, that's how I ended up in Austin. And um, so the CD is kind of both a, a celebration of my return to playing, my, my, you know, my hand and my arm working better, but it's also, it celebrates my husband and his journey, his battle with cancer and our, the love that we have and we share. And, um, and unfortunately he's had two recurrences and mm. the first recurrence we found out about is we were going back to New York twice a year for his checkups. The night before I was set to go in the studio in New Jersey with Harvey and Mike, we found out that his cancer was back. Mm. It'd been gone for eight years. They said he was oh, cured, dang. and then all of a sudden came back. So that was by the night before I was going to the studio. We found that out, and we were both so upset that I didn't know if I could play. And I, you mm. know, Brad and Harvey and Michael still encouraged me to try to record. So I went ahead mm-hmm. and did the two days of recording in New Jersey, and then the day after the second day, Brad had a scan. You know, we found out where the cancer was. We made a plan. We came back to Austin, and we went back to New York. 
and spent six weeks where he underwent treatment for that first wow. round. Wow. Um, so I had recorded these two days, you know, right, and I was devastated from the news. Brad and I both were. I, I couldn't sleep the nights before. I just emotionally, I was really upset. So, you know, we did. We recorded all the music, but I just, I wasn't really happy with my all of my playing because I was so upset. I, I was having a hard time focusing, even though Mike and Harvey were amazing and they were mm-hmm. so supportive. Um, so, you know, we came back after Brad finished his treatment, and um, then the pandemic hit in early, you know, February, March of 2020 and I kind of put everything on the back burner and I started listening to everything I thought you know the stuff I did in the second day was, was a, I was okay I did electric stuff um, but the nylon string my nylon string work on that first day recording I just wasn't happy with it so during the pandemic I re-recorded my nylon string work from that first day of mm. recording um, so anyway it's a long answer to your question but <laughs> so the, the CD is really mm-hmm. it's really um honoring my husband Brad who's he had a second recurrence again last year and went through more treatment mm. um, you know he's a really amazing beautiful writer beautiful person very strong and we have an amazing connection so this, the, the CB is kind of a celebration of, of his journey and also you know me coming back from, from my injuries and surgeries and also I decided to record um you know, some new pieces and also some older pieces that I had done on previous records that I just kind of wanted to see in the trio format. Wow. And how is Brad doing now? Well, he's um, he's doing much better. I mean, unfortunately, when he had his second recurrence in October, he was undergoing radiation treatment. He got COVID in the middle of it, um, Delta. Oh, he no. got really sick. We had to stop the treatment, quarantine the hotel room. Um, you know, we were really careful, but I think his immune system was down from the radiation. And so we had to pause the treatment and he got really sick and then got monoclonal antibodies and they, they finished the treatment and came back. And for the first six months, he was just really wiped out. He's, he's feeling stronger now. I mean, he's back to playing first base for his softball team, the Plagiarist. Oh, good. The Plagiarist, that's a good one. The Plagiarist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, originally it was a bunch of writers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> name, but he's, he's playing great and... You know, he's tested every three months. I mean, we know the cancer is still there, but it's, you know, the treatment helped to knock it back. We know it's, it's probably never going to go away, but we just try to take it a day at a time, a week at a time, a month at a time, embrace the beauty of each day. And he's got an amazing doctor, Richard Stock. Shout out to Dr. Stock, too, um, who's also a big jazz fan and has mm. attended a lot of shows with us in New York when we're there for grads wow. check us the treatment. Um, so it's a, it's a long story. I mean, I probably went off too long on it all, but it's hard to really, really uh, answer that in, in a couple of sentences. So mm-hmm. I apologize. Oh, I'm, I'm really glad that you explained exactly what was going on. And, and it certainly makes sense that you came up with this beautiful um, healing album, The Ballad for Brad, um, for your husband. And you also had a song for your for your sister, a song for Annie and 44, which is uh, it must have been difficult for you to um, to compose and and to to perform. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, the, the first one, song for Anna, I actually wrote when she was still alive, and she got to hear it. Um, mm. I mean, my my sister was uh, she's a couple years older than me. She struggled with um, mental illness. Her, from the time of probably about 14 until she she died at age 44 and it was it's a long story but it was, it was mm-hmm. very difficult very tragic very sad 
Um, and she died in um, 2006, um, sadly, from a drug overdose. And so the second song I wrote for her, 44, she was 44 when she passed. So that song is kind of encapsulated my grief for her passing. And um, she was in a, you know, she had so many struggles, but she, she was a very intelligent, um, beautiful person who, you know, she's, she's a visual artist, she's a poet, um, but she struggled with mental illness and substance abuse um, issues most of her life. So, oh. yeah, it was hard. I mean, I remember the day that I recorded um, 44 in the studio. I mean, I just, mm. I did that one in Austin, actually. Um, and uh, I had this wonderful engineer in Austin who was so sensitive to it, and he just, you know, he put a couple candles on in the studio and put the lights down and just said, you know, just breathe, just play, just mm. just feel it, don't try not to worry. And, and he, he really allowed me to kind of, you know, get to that heart place where I could really play it with the most emotional um, purity wow. that I could muster in the studio. This is such a personal album for you. Uh, I'm talking to Margaret Slovak, guitarist, composer, painter, a brand new album called Ballad for Brad. Um, wow. I, that's, what an amazing uh, journey you've had uh, over the years. Oh. <laughs> I mean, you've gone through so much suffering and uh, tribulation and, and uh, hardship and uh, and to be come up with this this solid piece of music with these wonderful players on it, uh, Harvey S. and Michael Saren, Harvey S. on bass, Michael Saren on drums. Um, you also have, I mean, you're, you've got songs about your friends and uh, Courage, Truth, and Hope is for Bill Moyers. Yes, yeah. Um, he's just an amazing man, amazing writer, journalist, person. Um, and my husband knew him through his journalism work because he had done mm -hmm. two articles on him. In fact, that, that time that Brad came to New York when I, we had our first day with Bruno, that, as I mentioned, he was doing an interview with Bill then. So I got to meet Bill through Brad. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. And he's just a, the sweetest human being. And he's just done so much for the world and for the world of journalism, for you know, the creative world and... Um, his wife is amazing too. So shout out to Bill and Judith Moyers oh, yeah. <laughs> also um, in New York. And um, yes, I I wrote that because I I always kept thinking, you know, he has the courage to tell the truth, which brings us which brings us all hope. Um, mm -hmm. Because the world, you know, it's so crazy, and there's so many things going on. And you know, Bill, his whole life, has had the courage to tell the truth mm -hmm. about things and to investigate things and also to celebrate things. In addition to his journalism work, he he does a lot of, he's done a lot of, you know, programs and writing and things about poets and artists and musicians and writers. And mm -hmm. so he just opened up this whole world for both Brad and I in other ways too. So that, yeah, it's definitely an, an homage to, to Bill. Um, and I wrote it for him about eight years ago to commemorate one of his birthdays. And, um, Hmm. It was. It was really. Um, it's really. I just honored to know him, and wow. so um, that piece is definitely. It kind of encapsulates. Encapsulates. I can't talk today. <laughs> um, <laughs> mirrors his his life's work and his heart. 
Well, I think uh, what a wonderful, beautiful uh, tribute to him as a as a person, as a as a writer, and as a caring human being. I, it's it's a beautiful song, Margaret Slovak. Uh, wow, it's been wonderful talking to you. Um, are you you're in Austin, Texas? Are you playing out at all? That's a music town, obviously, Austin, Texas. I am, you know, um, up until a couple years ago, I was mainly, because I was still, I still hadn't gotten all the function back in my hand. I was, I've been doing a lot of playing in um, elder care centers and um, some hospice playing. And also one of my big things that I, that I love doing is playing in chemotherapy infusion rooms. Mm. And I was doing that quite a bit. Unfortunately, because of the pandemic, I haven't been able to play in the chemotherapy infusion rooms um, mm-hmm. because of the you know, need to protect the patients and um, the elder care plane has diminished quite a bit too because of the pandemic. But um, I do have, you know, I play a lot in, um, do a lot of solo gigs in restaurants and art galleries and private parties, mm-hmm. um, you know, stores, all kinds of things like that. Um, it's just in the last year or two that my hand has really started to work again that I felt like I can get out there more of a bit in public. Um, so in addition to the restaurants and I do some playing some bars and you know restaurants art galleries, bars, elder care centers, cancer centers I'm hoping to try to be out there playing a little bit more in duo and trio especially with this record and I'm, I'm in the midst right now of trying to book gigs in Austin oh. and Dallas and New York to kind of celebrate this release um, That's great. and uh, it's going to be a little hard to get Harvey and Michael out here Right now, there's there's such busy touring um, musicians. So, in the for the Texas shows, we use some wonderful players here um, in in Texas, and um, and I'm hoping to get back to New York in the fall to do some shows there with with Harvey and Michael. That would be great if you could promote the album because, as I mentioned, Jazz's magazine did such a beautiful write up and said, I mean, you are, I mean, I mean. They went in great detail how how the three of you played together so beautifully. How the compositions were so personal, so beautifully done. How how your 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 playing is just amazing. Um, they they compared you sort of Pat Metheny and and uh, a young Emily Remler. Uh, I mean, some of the great uh, uh, guitarists um, that are performing and have performed um so it'd be great if you were able to uh get the, to get your music you know out out to the jazz world and the listening public people who appreciate such beautiful uh gorgeous healing music and it's mesmerizing oh. uh, uh thank you and uh the other thing i would just want to we're probably going to wind it down here um uh are, are you been composing any new music you know, I haven't done much this year because I'm, you know, I'm wearing so many hats, um, doing, you know, the publicity, booking gigs. Um, I, I do have a wonderful publicist in New York that's helping me, Jim Igo. Shout out to him and Michael Carlson and Matthew Burgess who are helping me with radio. But there's still, there's so much that I have to do. And I'm literally mm-hmm. spending hours and hours a day, you know, just trying to get the music out there and now booking gigs. And then um, also just, practicing the music, doing my gigs, and mm-hmm. I'm still a person who has to practice many, many hours a day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so I just unfortunately haven't done a lot of composing this year because of the whole focus on, you know, 
trying to get the CD out there and book the gigs and, and do all of the wearing the mini hats. I mean, it's my own record company. It's just I'm a one woman operation doing everything. So Indeed. I'm hoping later this year to be able to start back into composing. I mean, I did start a, something new in January, but I just I haven't had a chance to sit with all of the that's what I'm doing for this. But I also want to say quickly, too, I really appreciate Jazz Is and their support. They actually did two reviews, um, mm-hmm. one by Bill Mokowski and one Harar Atarian. I'm probably mispronouncing his name, but I greatly appreciate what they did, too. I and mean, they really got the emotional part of the music, oh. which to me is the most important thing, which you, you've gotten, too. So I really Absolutely. appreciate that, the first time I heard it, it's like, oh yeah, I'll talk to her. <laughs> I am oh. definitely. I may not know a ton about jazz guitarists, but I, you know, I li- I've been a listener for a long, long, long time to jazz music. So I, I immediately, it immediately touched me uh, from almost oh, the the first note. Of course, I think that was Harvey, and right in the beginning, and then of course you came in with your beautiful guitar work. By the way, I'm talking to Margaret uh, Slovak. Uh, Margaret, how can people get a hold of you and find out what you're up to? Well, my primary um, thing is my website, which is www.margaretslovak.com, and that's S as in Sam, L-O-V is in Victor, A-K, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think Czechoslovakia, which is where oh. it comes from. Um, that's probably the primary thing. Um, you know, I have, have a mailing list um, sign up on there and um, yeah that's probably the best the best way okay. and also you know my publicist Jim Igo who's listed on my website as well well there's a lot of information you have a beautiful website and a great bio and all your reviews and uh, uh, places you can listen to the album I mean it's it's definitely the place to go. It's a place I went to to, to to find out some of your story, which I'm so so glad that you're able to share here on the show today on Sweethearts oh, and Badasses of Americana and Beyond. I'm going to end. Uh, I usually pick out something to end with, and then I say, well, what do you think about this song? Do you think this is appropriate? Or is there something else? I, I pick the answer within. What, what's your thoughts about that song? And what... What's the song about? Well, that song, it's actually on electric, I'm playing electric guitar on that, so it's a little different vibe. Um, it's probably one of the liveliest songs on the, on the CD. And um, it was composed kind of about, it's another long story, but, you know, that thing about trying to search within ourselves for an answer when we're faced with something, a difficulty or something we, we're having trouble figuring out. So that's kind of what the, what, what the title mm. means answer mm-hmm. within but um i i'd written a song many years ago and played it in different formats but the way that michael and harvey played is just amazing i mean it brought a whole new mm. life to it um and that was that was one that you know i kept all the original tracks from from new jersey it was on the electric guitar oh, and okay. um, yeah it's kind of a i don't know quite how to classify it but it's definitely um i mean they're their creative energy and the song is just it's just beautiful too so um yeah it's kind of a it's a searching song that's also an upbeat song i think kind of about you mm-hmm. know the um the triumph of, of working through difficulties and finding a way out mm. i think that's kind of the, the essence of what i get from that song and i kind of wanted to go out with something that's positive because really your music speaks of hope uh, to deal with all the fears and the pain and, and that there there is a brighter day and, and 
and joyous. There's joy out there, and, and your music certainly brings that. Uh, is there another oh, song you. you'd like me to do, or should we just go out with uh, with that? Um, you know, I guess if you want to, if you want to do a shorter one, um, it, it, you're doing. If you do that to within, if you had time to do forty four, that's the solo piece. That oh, forty four, that'd be um, perfect. Yeah, for my sister, it's just a couple minutes. It's not like a, it's not a long one. But it um, might be if, if you have time. But don't oh. no worries if not. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I, let's do. I babbled so long. I've, I think forty-four is great. Um, oh. That's why I want to ask, and what, what you know, because uh, I, I, you just don't know. I just kind of go with with the vibe and the feel, and um, so we're going to listen to uh, Margaret Slovak. And Margaret, thanks so much for talking to uh, to me today. I really appreciate it. Deb, thank you so much for interviewing me. This is just wonderful, and I appreciate your support and Twyla's support and everyone there at, at KZUM. Mm-hmm. I really um, just love talking to you. Thank you so much. Well, thanks for sharing your beautiful story. Um, heart, in some way, is very heartbreaking, but this song is, is for your sister at 44, and uh, it's on her brand-new album. just came out in June. It's called Ballad for Brad and Margaret Slovak Trio. Thanks again, Margaret. Let's let's go with 44, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank Take you care. so much. You Deb. bet. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.